turned slightly and his nostrils flared. The tension left him when he recognized who was in the next room, where I could hear a faint rustling. Matthew lifted the book and me in one clean move. Taking my hand, he led me to the door. In the next room, a man with tousled brown hair stood at a table littered with correspondence. He was of average height, with a neat build and expensive, tailored clothes— The tune he hummed was unfamiliar, punctuated now and again with words too low for me to hear. Shock passed over Matthew's face before his lips curved into an affectionate smile. Where are you in truth, my own sweet Matt? The man held a page up to the light. In a flash, Matthew's eyes narrowed, indulgence replaced by displeasure. Looking for something, Kit? At Matthew's words, the young man dropped the paper to the table and pivoted, joy lighting his face. I'd seen that face before, on my paperback copy of Christopher Marlowe's The Jew of Malta. Matt! Pierre said you were in Chester and might not make it home, but I knew you'd not miss our annual gathering. The words were familiar enough, but coded in a strange cadence that required me to focus on what he was saying in order to understand them. Elizabethan English was neither as unlike modern English as I had been taught, nor as easily understandable as I'd hoped, based on my familiarity with Shakespeare's plays. Why no beard? Have you been ill? Marlowe's eyes flickered when they spotted me, nudging me with the insistent pressure that marked him unmistakably as a demon. I suppressed an urge to rush at one of England's greatest playwrights and shake his hand before peppering him with questions. What little information I once knew about him flew from my mind now that he was standing before me. Had any of his plays been performed in 1590? How old was he? Younger than Matthew and I, certainly. Marlowe couldn't yet be thirty. I smiled at him warmly. Wherever did you find that? Marlowe pointed, his voice dripping with contempt. I looked over my shoulder, expecting to see some hideous work of art. There was nothing but empty space. He meant me. My smile faltered. Gently, Kit, Matthew said with a scowl. Marlowe shrugged off the rebuke. It is no matter. Take your fill of her before the others arrive, if you must. George has been here for some time, of course, eating your food and reading your books. He is still without a patron and hasn't a farthing to his name. George is welcome to whatever I have, Kit. Matthew kept his eyes on the young man, his face expressionless as he drew our intertwined fingers to his mouth. Diana, this is my dear friend Christopher Marlowe. Matthew's introduction provided Marlowe with an opportunity to inspect me more openly. His attention crawled from my toes to the top of my head, The young man's scorn was evident, his jealousy better hidden. Marlowe was indeed in love with my husband. I had suspected it back in Madison when my fingers had traveled over his inscription in Matthew's copy of Dr. Faustus. I had no idea there was a brothel in Woodstock that specialized in over-tall women. Most of your whores are more delicate and appealing, Matthew. This one is a positive Amazon. Kit sniffed looking over his shoulder at the disordered drifts of paper that littered the surface of the table.
According to the old fox's latest, it was business rather than lust that took you to the north. Wherever did you find time to secure her services? It is remarkable, Kit, how easily you squander affection, Matthew drawled. Though there was a note of warning in his tone. Marlowe, seemingly intent on the correspondence, failed to recognize it and smirked. Matthew's fingers tightened on mine. Is Diana her real name, or was it adopted to enhance her allure among customers? Perhaps a bearing of her right breast or a bow and arrow is in order, Marlowe suggested, picking up a sheet of paper. Remember when Blackfriars Best demanded we call her Aphrodite before she would let us? Diana is my wife. Matthew was gone from my side, his hand no longer wrapped around mine but twisted in Marlowe's collar. No. Kit's face registered his shock. Yes, that means she is the mistress.